0: This podcast is brought to you by Primed. Tom is a 28-year-old journalist who comes in to see you because of concerns about catching an STI. He recently had sex with another man and did not use condoms. Now he notices a painful rash on his penis, and he has noticed an enlarged lymph node as well. He's been hearing a lot about monkeypox lately and asked if this might be what's causing his problems. You would like to draw upon your vast experience in diagnosing and treating monkeypox, but you've never seen a person with this in your entire career. And now it's all over the news. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Alan Ehrlich, Associate Professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School and Executive Editor of Dynamed. Good morning, Alan, and thank you so much for jumping in and taking on monkeypox. Thanks, Frank, for
1: having me. And obviously, you know, where we just went through all of COVID and suddenly there's a new infectious disease that we've not treated before that uh, takes over our lives, you know, the way the media is playing up monkeypox is sort of almost the same.
0: I I remember uh, sitting in a hotel room in January of 2020 trying to record... Something about COVID-19 going, I have no idea. All right. Well, based upon my also limited understanding and knowledge about monkeypox, can you give us a quick rundown on what kind of infection monkeypox is and a little bit about its clinical features? Sure. Monkeypox is in the
1: class of viruses called orthopoxvirus. And this class includes things like smallpox, cowpox, and many other types of animal pox viruses. There's a camel pox, a horse pox, a raccoon pox. You get the idea. Anyhow, the natural reservoir is unknown, but it seems to be able to be prevalent in rodents and certain types of squirrels, uh, rats, and also non-human primates, including monkeys. The infection is similar to smallpox, although it's usually less severe. That being said, um, most of us have never seen a case of smallpox either, so comparisons to smallpox May be of limited usefulness. The illness is characterized by a fever, a blistering rash, and lymphadenopathy. There's typically a prodome of systemic symptoms before the rash, and that can include fever, chills, malaise. People will talk about just having no energy, very severe, um, just feeling blah. Sore throat, headache that can be pretty bad, cough, and myalgias. And again, this sounds like typical flu symptoms much as many other viral infections. There is usually lymphadenopathy, as I mentioned, and this is a distinguishing feature from smallpox, which typically does not have that. The lymph nodes involved can be submandibular, cervical, axillary, or inguinal. Those are the most common areas, and it can be unilateral or bilateral. The rash will typically begin one to three days. Usually, it starts on the face and then spreads to the extremities. In about 30% of cases, it can affect the genitalia. The rash phase can last two to four weeks. The lesions start as macules. They uh, become painful papules, then vesicles, and then eventually pustules. The pustules will burst. You'll get scabs and crusts. And it takes, as I said, about two to four weeks to heal. And you can have just a few lesions, or sometimes it could be over 100, quite similar to chickenpox in that regard.
0: Wow. I, uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by, by that degree of information. Um, I'm also very concerned that Tom at 28 is having unprotected intercourse. What is the epidemiology of monkeypox and why is it suddenly in the news? So monkeypox is endemic in
1: West Africa and Central Africa. Uh, the World Health Organization has a list of countries that it considers it endemic in, Most of the risk comes from time spent in those areas, especially near the rainforest regions. The disease is typically contracted from contact with infected animals, either through bites or if you're preparing wild game and you come in contact with uh, either lesions or bodily fluids of the wild game, then you can uh, get monkeypox. Human-to-human transmission is possible, but it's generally limited. The transmission of human to human is thought to occur primarily from respiratory droplets during prolonged close contact or direct or indirect contact with body fluids or lesion materials. You can get monkeypox from inanimate objects, from fomites, so you don't have to actually come directly in contact with another person who's had it. Recently, there have been a significant number of cases in countries where the disease is not endemic. And these have mostly been in Europe or North America. The countries most affected so far have been the UK, Spain, Portugal, Germany, France, the Netherlands, Canada, and the US. As of June 10th, there were 1,285 cases documented by the World Health Organization in 28 different countries. Many of these cases seem to be human-to-human spread in the context of sexual activity. This is often men who have sex with men, but it's not limited to that group. As of June 15th, in the U.S., there have been a total of 84 cases spread across 19 states. Many of the cases from the latest outbreak have an atypical presentation. Most notably, the rash is appearing for the first time uh, on the genitals or perianal or, or perineal area as opposed to on the face. And there may be just one or just a few lesions. And these lesions can appear before the systemic symptoms. So while I gave sort of a a, a comprehensive description of typical monkeypox, this latest outbreak seems to be more like a a typical sexually transmitted
0: infection. That's what I gather as well. Um, But it seems concerning and contagious. How contagious is it and what can we do about it? So
1: you mentioned the fact that are the, the gentleman we're talking about was not using condoms. So, again, this is spread by, well, two means. One is direct contact. So, during sexual activity, if someone's got a lesion or they're spreading bodily fluids, then that's that's one way of transmitting it. And so, condoms is certainly an excellent way of protect, protection. The the respiratory droplets obviously can be spread through sexual activity, such as kissing and, and uh, oral sex and things like that. The transmission requires a significant degree of close proximity. The exact mechanism by which it is spread during sexual activity is not known, but obviously things, anything that involves mucosal surfaces is going to be uh, common during sexual activity. It does not seem like this is comparable to COVID in terms of transmissibility. First of all, it requires uh, close contact. And in COVID, especially with mild cases, it can be very similar to the common cold. And so it's easy for someone who's infected to not recognize that there's a problem or not to treat it seriously. Whereas if you've got a genital lesion, uh, you know it, it doesn't matter what is causing it, you know something is wrong and most people will tend to... Uh, seek medical attention for it so i think the fact that it is it has to be transmitted through close contact and in general spread of bodily fluids makes it unlikely to turn into a large pandemic but it it needs to be contained just the way uh, other sexually transmitted infections do and you know if you think about something like hiv hiv certainly is, is prevalent and certainly a you know a significant public health problem, but I don't think most people worry about, uh, am I going to catch HIV as they just go about their daily lives? And I think uh, monkeypox, while you can transmit it through respiratory droplets, it's still transmissibility is closer to something like HIV than it is to uh, COVID. A couple other things real quick. Um, Those who are over 55 years of age uh, have likely had smallpox vaccination. And smallpox vaccination does offer some protection. So those people would be less likely to get it. And the disease seems to be more severe in younger patients anyhow. Uh, in terms of how severe, the overall case fatality rate is about 3 to 6%. So it's still significant. I think that's where the concern comes from is just it's still, even though it's generally benign, 3 to 6% um, fatality is a lot.
0: It, it sure is. And uh, I I do agree with you that if you you know you have a lesion on your genitalia you'll be concerned but there are other stis that cause genital lesions and lymphadenopathy how do we distinguish monkeypox from them so certainly you know if you've got a lesion on
1: one or you know, one or two lesions on the genital or a few uh one of the things would be one consideration is going to be secondary syphilis um secondary syphilis the lesions tend to be painless but um and they can be, they don't have to be painful, at least in the early stages with monkeypox. But obviously, if there's a genital lesion, regardless of what you think it is, uh, you should be checking uh, syphilis, te- you should be doing syphilis testing, whether you start with RPR or you get the FTA antibody test. But either way, you, that should be uh, your first consideration. And the lab test will make it clear if it's syphilis and you can rule that out. Another uh condition with significant lymphadenopathy is lymphogranuloma venereum LGV. And with LGV, the focus is going to be much more on the lymphadenopathy and what's happening with the lymph nodes more than the general lesion itself. Um, even general herpes uh, might be a consideration because you certainly get painful lesions, they're blistering. But I think the, the general appearance is quite different. Uh, herpes tends to be smaller uh, vesicles. You're also not going to get the systemic symptoms that you get with monkeypox, although, again, with the atypical variant, it's un, you know it may be a little harder to tell. But when you get the blisters of monkeypox, they tend to be larger, and uh, I don't think they're going to be easily confused for a, a herpetic lesion. So uh, those are, I, I think, some of the ones I would be most uh, thoughtful about. The other thing is you get more complications with monkeypox than the others. You, you're you at risk for things like pneumonia, encephalitis. Um, it can also affect the cornea, uh, interfering with people's vision. So when you get things that are well beyond the general area associated with a general lesion, then that would be a reason to be thinking more about monkeypox than something else. And finally, of course, a, a good history, you take, taking the history, getting... Uh, um, information about exposure to people who have either traveled to endemic areas or might have been in places where we're seeing an uptick in these sexually transmitted cases.
0: Alan, wow, thank you. Um, so summarize, monkeypox can be transmitted respiratory and fomite, but primarily we're seeing this latest outbreak due to sexual contact from someone who's probably been to a higher risk area, uh, starting genitally, lymphadenopathy, is is a typical course, Uh, three to 6% case mortality rates, very concerning, Um, and taking a really good history and and thinking broadly about your differential is key. Alan, I, I cannot thank you enough for on short notice pulling this together. Thanks, Frank. Practice
1: pointer, suspect monkeypox in those who have a fever, rash with blisters, and lymphadenopathy, and they have risk factors or have been in close contact with
0: someone who's been diagnosed, or is at increased risk. Join us next time when we discuss the efficacy of HEPA filters in providing decreased exacerbations in COPD. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, Please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.